Greetings and salutations. Welcome once again to the Capeless Crusaders live at the time from the safe house. My name is, of course, David Barry at DR Barry on varying social media platforms. As you can tell this evening, it is just me. It is the solo show. I am rolling Han Solo as uh, I don't know if they say that. I say that. But it is just me this evening due to technology limitations, parent-teacher conference or PTA meetings, children with fevers, band practice. It's just me. But we, when we're in a group, are collectively your number one allegedly comic book podcast supposedly for anything related to comics in the ethos, so we have been told by our parents. Um <laughs> You can check out anything related to the Cables Crusaders at thecablescrusaders.com. That is our home on the internet, our home away from home, children of fevers. Yes. Uh, We are, like I said, a comic book-based podcast based here in Northern California. And today, on today's episode, very special. We are talking about none other than the aquatic ace himself. We are talking about Aquaman, as the Aquaman movie is going to be coming up here in late December. The Tonight's episode is Aquaman 101. I'm going to tell you the basics, everything you need to know, supposedly. I mean, obviously, there's going to be stuff. I mean, 70 years. The character's been around for a while. But I'm going to tell you a bunch of basic stuff about Aquaman, books to read, storylines to check out, the basics of who he is as a character, so we can talk about that going into the movie here in late December. So, first off, when we are in the safe house, we like to go around the horn, and I don't have the button set up, so we're not going to do it. We're just going to talk about what I'm going to first talk about the comic books I've been reading this week. I think you should check them out because, well, I always like talking and telling you about comic books that I think you should be checking out. So, Oh, I cut out. I died. Wait, there we go. We're back. So, comics that I think you should check out. So, I am currently rereading the run of Alan Moore's Saga of the Swamp Thing. So, the reason I'm doing this is because uh, DC Universe is making a television show out of it that it should be coming up here I think in the next year it's going to be coming out. I'm really excited for it. I'm looking forward to it, and I think I'm back. Uh, so I'm rereading Saga of the Swamp Thing. It's one of my favorite comics of all time, and I'm doing that also in preparation because we have a reading assignment later on this month. Uh, we're going to talk about it uh, as a podcast. We're going to break it down, go through the ins and outs of Alan Moore's Saga of the Swamp Thing, Volume 1. So that is what I'm reading right now. I also read a couple of Aquaman stories. We'll get into those later, specifically because I want to be prepared for tonight. Um, and I also kind of wanted to see what the director said he was drawing from as far as comics go so first we need to talk about some comic book news because there's always news in the comic book world and there's a lot of it this week and some of it's good some of it's bad so we'll see what happens so first off in the news this week one daredevil has been canceled by Netflix. We will get no season four. Uh, This comes after the drop of uh, season three a couple weeks ago. Um, And people aren't happy, but the viewership, uh, apparently the viewership was not what it needed to be. Um, There's also uh, rumors of issues between Netflix and Marvel Studios that could also explain why it got canceled. I personally, I mean, I'm I'm a factor. I haven't watched. I didn't watch. I think I watched season two. I haven't watched season three. Um, I'm like, I, I, we, I mean, we've had this conversation in the podcast before. I dropped off. 
Punisher season two. No, Punisher season one, uh, about halfway through. Didn't watch Punisher. Didn't finish Punisher. Didn't finish Jessica Jones. Didn't finish uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. I know I'm on a comic book podcast. Why am I not watching all these comic book shows? Because I got other stuff going on. You know, I got I got, I got a life. I got a job. And uh, they just weren't really drawing me in. So I didn't watch them. So maybe I'm part of the reason why Daredevil was canceled. Because at this point, all the Netflix shows, their, their viewership did drop. That's one of the things they cite. But they also cited creative differences uh, between them. And a bunch of other people were like, oh, okay, cool. That means they're going to go over to the Disney streaming service. Apparently, um, as insider information says, I don't know if this is actually legitimate, uh, but someone who uh, supposedly knows a lot of the people uh, in the inner workings say that Marvel Studios, like the MCU, and then Marvel TV, apparently they don't really get along in a lot of ways. So there's a really good chance that we're not going to see the Marvel uh, Netflix shows move over to the Disney Plus. Of course, also they are still going to be on Netflix, like they're still going to live there. So. What's going to happen to him? You know, is is Marvel uh, going to reboot Daredevil? Is Daredevil going to come back? Is he going to be involved in the the MCU and the movie universe? We will have to wait and see. Uh, Spyro, yes, I know Punisher was really good. Punisher was great. It was just, it was so intense. It was really intense, and I had to take a break from it, and I just never, I never got back into it. Um, it was just, I, like I said, other things, life, you know, uh, finds a way, and so I was not able to get back into it, but maybe I will now that, now that everything's getting canceled, maybe I'll get back in uh, and check it out. In other news, uh, Marvel related, it looks like Loki, the God of mischief is in fact, D E D dead confirmed by the Russo brothers that in uh, Avengers infinity war, when we see Loki get choked out by Thanos, that's it. That's all she wrote. Even though he is getting a show on the Disney plus streaming service, it is not, it's happening in the past. It's other stories. He dead. Loki is dead as far as the movies are concerned. That was confirmed by the Russos. Um, interesting that they had to. You know, they had to. They had to confirm that, and that people wouldn't listen to it. Lizard Wizard, thank you for noticing the Funkos and Antic Fire. If you call me Dave, I'm gonna drop the banhammer on you. <laughs> Uh, in other news, uh, this is com- this is totally comic book related because there is a SpongeBob comic book. But sadly, uh, SpongeBob creator Steven Hillenberg did pass away. Um, uh, he was diagnosed with ALS. Uh, gosh, I can't even remember how long he- he's been fighting it. Um, so yeah, so the SpongeBob, the creator of SpongeBob, there's a SpongeBob comic. It is a lot of fun if you like SpongeBob, which as uh, a kid of the '90s and early 2000s, SpongeBob is bread and butter so that's terrible terrible loss to the world of animation uh and really a creative force that drove one of the best cartoons i think ever um in better news and happier news um both aquaman which we're talking about tonight and spider-man into the spider-verse are both getting really good reviews uh out of the initial um the initial press screenings that we're seeing um i mean into the spider-verse looks like so much fun i don't i don't i don't think anyone thought that was going to do do bad but people are not concerned about aquaman but i mean it's a the the dc universe films have not been great not been great up until this point um and except for wonder woman and so a lot of people are you know we we're, we're holding out but no, the initial reactions are not better than I think than Wonder Woman. I think a lot of people are saying that Wonder Woman was, but I think Wonder Woman also 
was so new and it was so refreshing. Now it's just kind of like, as long as they're better than the Justice League, people are people are excited. But I cannot, again, I say that with 100% confidence. There, I, I imagine there are some people who really just like moist Jason Momoa. Jason Moist Moa. Mo Moista. I guess that's going to be what we're doing. But they're both doing well. And in other movie news... Antic Fire, I agree. Better direction than previous DC films, minus Wonder Woman. I, I think, I mean, I don't agree. I haven't seen it yet. But I, based on the, the previews and everything I'm seeing, I think it, that's that's how I'm feeling. That's what I'm looking forward to. In other Marvel, uh, Marvel movie news and DC movie news, two movies that are reportedly in production, or at least in the, you know, bowels of pre-production, however that begins. I don't even understand I don't know what what how movies actually work. I just pretend I, I just do a podcast. But supposedly, a Shang Chi movie is in the works at Marvel. Uh, Shang Chi being the first uh, Asian lead um, in Marvel comics um, would be the first Asian lead in Marvel comics films. Um, Shang Chi being the master of kung fu. Uh, so a lot of a lot of people on the one hand are kind of like. Um, Shang-Chi in and of himself is kind of a racial stereotype. On the other hand, they're like, it could be really big to have an Asian, uh, an Asian lead. I love Shang-Chi personally. Like, I, I think he's the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for, for martial arts comics and stuff like that. So I think I would be into it. Um, on the other hand, in, uh, the WB, uh, DC, uh, camp. Apparently, they are moving forward with a Zat- Zatanna or Zatanna. It's one of those things I've never actually heard it pronounced. I've only ever just read it. Uh, but Zatanna is supposedly getting a movie. She's, of course, uh, the magic user who uh, her magic spells are saying words backwards. Um, her father blanking on it. I think it was Zatara. Now I can't remember. Um, so we'll see if that ends up going the way it's going. Back to the chat that things are going all over. I haven't seen the new Captain Marvel trailer because I was not watching Monday Night Football. Uh, and yes, you loved Shang-Chi and Mortal Kombat. It, I mean, he is like half the characters like because they're all just stereotypes at that point. Uh, so yes, we might be getting a Zatanna movie. We might be getting a Shang-Chi movie. We will see. Uh, first off, now that we are through the news, I needed to mention, because I completely forgot to talk about at the top of our show, our sponsors, Beard Bomb Brush. They are what's keeping this monstrosity beautiful. Uh, beard Bomb Brush, they take beeswax, uh, they take Beard Bomb, they take oil, they make it into a nice brush shape that you can brush right through. Use the code KPLUS, get 15% off. And Critical Dice, uh, if you go to Critical Dice, use the code uh, KPLUS, you get 15% off your dice, the books, any D&D supplies that you can think of. Um, and then also, of course, Empire's Comics Vault, our home away from home, located at 1120 uh, Fulton Avenue, Sweet K. Amy, you're not allowed to get on me for forgetting the... Uh, the sponsors because I haven't done this solo in a very long time. I'm used to I'm used to having all kinds of people here supporting me and stuff, and I'm all here alone. But it's also because I only have one functioning microphone right now. So, okay, sada sada. Uh, so our main topic for 
the evening. Like I said at the top of the show, it is Aquaman 101. Later on this month, we are going to be getting an Aquaman movie. We're not going to be reviewing it because we're going to be on winter break during that point. But uh, our sister show, The Dame Patrol, who you can check out on the TCC network, uh, they are going to be doing a brief snippet on that uh, Into the Spider-Verse and Bumblebee. Um, so they're going to be getting all those because we uh, are not going to be around. We're going to be hanging uh, with our families. And well, I mean, they're going to be hanging with their families too, but you know, antic fire. Uh, so, Aquaman 101 is the name of the game. In our 101 series, we basically give you the basics. Oh, get it? We basically give you the basics of a character. We talk about where they came from, their various uh, iterations, important stories to read, powers, enemies, so on and so forth. Now, Aquaman is an interesting character because people like to mock Aquaman incessantly based on his skill set, his costume choices, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so... Let's get right into it, and we will talk about the aquatic ace known as Aquaman. So, for those of you unaware, uh, Aquaman originally debuted in 1941 in More Fun Comics, number 73, uh, back when, you know, comics had fun names like More Fun Comics. He was created by Paul Norris, uh, who's the artist, and Ma uh, Mort Weisinger, who is a writer. Um, do you think Mort was Jewish? Yes, I think Mort was Jewish. Uh, happy Hanukkah, everyone. Um, <laughs> Amy, you're just all over the place. So, like I said, happy, happy second night of Hanukkah. So, 1941, we got Aquaman. So, pre-World War II, um, which meant that in the Golden Age, he definitely fought Nazis. Um, in the Golden Age, he was actually... Um, Originally, he was human, later on became a human-Atlantean hybrid. Uh, his name was Arthur Curry. Um, he did not punch water, Hitler. No, he instead fought uh, uh, Nazi U-boat uh, captains. But, oh, my notes just disappeared on me. So, first off, uh, we're gonna, there's a brief, a brief little story um, that kind of gave his, uh, his initial background, and it was found in the... Uh, the Golden Age comics. It was the story must start with my father, a famous undersea explorer. If I spoke his name, you would recognize it. Nope. Uh, my mother died when I was a baby, and he turned his work to solving the ocean's secrets. His greatest discovery was an ancient city in the depths where no other diver had ever penetrated. Oh, good, good choice of words. My father believed it was lost kingdom of Atlantis. He made himself a watertight home in one of the palaces and lived there, studying the records and the devices of the race's marvelous wisdom. From the books and records, he learned ways of teaching me to live under the ocean, drawing oxygen from the water and using all the power of the sea to make me wonderfully strong and swift. By training and a hundred scientific secrets, I became what you see, a human being who lives and thrives under the water. So this was obviously before... Um, it's like he was... He he was human, but he had the powers of that, and they they they've they've retconned his story uh, a lot throughout um, throughout his history. But real fast, just a quick rundown: Arthur Curry is his is his name. He's a human Atlantean hybrid, depending on which story you're reading. Uh, he is king of the seven seas. He's the aquatic ace. He's the marine marvel. And he was also known as the dweller in the depths. That's a really creepy one, which we will talk about. Um, so first off, this is always important when it comes to any super powered person. We need to know what their powers are. His powers have been lessened by some creators, have been beefed up by other creators. Some people like to, again, to mock him because he can talk to fish. But right off the gate, let's talk about his uh, his big power set. So 
aquatic physiology, which means he can breathe underwater. He can survive underwater. He can handle the pressure of being underwater. Uh, not like the peer pressure, like the actual, you know, underwater pressure. Uh, he has enhanced strength, speed, uh, endurance, agility, durability, reflexes, and senses. They actually listed all of those, which I think is really, uh, really special. Um, cause I mean, if you imagine, I don't know how many, uh, Dragon Ball Z fans we have in here, but when the, when the, the DBZ, uh, fighters would train in the high, uh, gravity situations that would actually make them super strong when they when they come out of it. So I imagine that if he does all of his fighting and growing and everything under the water, when he gets up on land, he's just going to be just super just what's the word I'm looking for? Fast. The reflexes. I think that that was in there. Uh, he does have te- uh, telepathic control of all aquatic life. That's the he can talk to the fish. He is super fast swimming, obviously. Able to speak and understand any language on Earth. This is one that I didn't realize, that he was able to talk uh, to anybody, apparently. He, of course, has the trident of Poseidon. Uh, and hydrokinesis, which is uh, the control of water. Uh, alternate continuities. So there's certain continuities where he can't control water and that. They give that ability to Mera, uh, who we'll talk about. and kind of depends on that. It is not Doppler. It is communicating psychically with fish. The shenanana. I'm talking to fish right now. I'm actually calling a whale because they're my friends to go find Antic Fire uh, and and crush his home. Um, so important allies. That's always important. Again, when it comes to superhero, we need to know who's helping them out in the fight against evil. Mera, who we talked about. Uh, Mera, who is uh, the queen of Atlantis in various stories. Uh, Aquaman's wife. Uh, she's actually from another uh, another Depor. Uh, Cut, take two. She's actually from another dimension. Water dwelling beings, water dwelling beings from another dimension. Um, Aqualad, of course, because every Aquaman needs an Aqualad, uh, and he also needs some Aqua Four. There's Aqua Girl because, of course, at some point in the '70s, they were like, "Hey, maybe we should have a female character." Uh, there's Topo. I don't know uh, if any of you knew this, but Topo is his. Uh, uh, depending on which iteration, some people did a squid. Uh, he was an octopus, however. He was his octopus uh, friend. You know. We had Crypto, the Wonder Dog, and, you know, we had all the, everyone has a dog. No, he has an octopus, and he was also an anthropomorphic octopus. <sighs> Later on, it's kind of weird. Um, and then Dolphin. Um, Dolphin, who is, uh, she's actually made uh, recent um, in the uh, Rebirth. She's, she's come back in there, and there's also been actual dolphins. So, um a lot of his enemies, interestingly, uh, a lot of his enemies have, uh, we're not talking about now, we're talking about then, the octopus, that's what's best. I don't care about now. We're talking about the history. Um, his enemies, a lot of these are actually introduced in the 1960s. These, so these were in the in the Silver Age when when he got the kind of the focus on Atlantis um, and he was uh, becoming a founding member of the Justice League of America. I don't know if any of you knew that. He's actually a founding member. Uh, but that's when he started to get a lot of his enemies. So the big one, or one of his biggest ones, um, was Ocean Master, who's actually his half-brother Orm, um, who's uh, he's amnesi- he's amnesiac, amnesiad, amnesian. Uh, he doesn't remember who he is. And he's the Ocean Master, um, who uh, he... It seems they're um, not necessarily changing his origin, but not going with his original origin, but he is definitely going to be in the movie... Black Manta, who's also going to be in the movie. Um, he's a dude who wears a costume with big red glowing eyes. You've seen them. Black Manta is one of my favorite villains of all time. I remember him from the original uh, Super Friends. I was all about it. Uh, the Fisherman. I'm just going to let that sink in. 
the Fisherman, was one of Aquaman's enemies. The Fisherman. All right, now with that awkward silence, there's also the Scavenger. Uh, Scavenger and Fisherman pretty much disappeared after the 60s. They popped up randomly in the 70s and 80s, but not nearly as much. And then this is my favorite one. Uh... There are uh, organizations in both Marvel and DC Comics that they're just like, hey, we we really need to spell a very specific word, um, or we need to have these letters arranged and mean something like Modoc, you know, Modoc. Um, uh, and so I'm trying to figure out how to really explain. Well, there was this organization called Ogre. That was an enemy of Aquaman, uh, O-G-R-E, which is the Organization for General Revenge and Enslavement. Again, I'm just going to have an awkward silence while you think about the Organization for General Revenge and Enslavement. What do you think about that, chat? Um, so back again to the uh, the Golden Age, the Golden Age of comics, which I really don't think is... I mean, it was great, but I mean, come on, we're in a friggin' fantastic renaissance right now. I think we should call this a platinum age. But regardless, um, of course, so in the Golden Age, um, Aquaman mainly uh, did a lot of his uh, wartime adventures battling Nazi U-boats uh, and Axis sea-based villains. So, of course, very uh, obviously like racial stereotypes of like Japanese and uh, other people um, who were seafaring and Aquaman would go punch out. Um after that, he would uh, go after various sea criminals, including modern-day pirates, uh, mainly threats to sailor shipping lanes, wildlife. So he, they kind of they painted him into a corner a little bit, giving him only so many uh, sea-worthy enemies. <laughs> you get it? Uh, now in the Silver Age, uh, the Silver Age is when he really uh, he really took off. That's when they established that he was a hybrid. He was human and Atlantean. Uh, he was the son of lighthouse keeper Tom Curry and Atlan uh, Atlanta, Atlanta. I'm gonna say Atlanta because that sounds better. Uh, exile of Atlantis. Uh, so in the Silver Age is when they focused a lot more on uh, Atlantis itself, Atlantis' story, history, um, him going down there, it existing, it wasn't destroyed and lost. Um, <laughs> was he the captain now? Look at me. I, I am the captain now. You guys are talking about the Gordon Fisherman. What is going on in this chat room right now? You guys are just having way too much fun. Um, the mid eighties, um, there was actually, uh, cause I was actually checking to the end of the silver age. Uh, Aquaman briefly did lead the just league of America. He fought back uh, an invasion of Martians. It was basically like he took over. He was the lead and, uh, they had a bunch of like C list, uh, justice league members and everyone else was off world. And he had to fight back on uh, a Martian invasion. Uh, and then in 1985, he basically resigned, um, to work on his marriage with Mara. And that's, that's the best part is that, uh, an article I was reading is it didn't just say like, you know, to be married, to be a King. It was no, to work on his marriage because apparently being a hero, I mean, we've learned that doesn't work out well, uh, for a lot of relationships. Ooh. Uh, so then we flash forward to the mar uh, the modern age. Are you guys singing under the sea in the chat right now? I'm trying to tell you about Aquaman. This very serious, serious aquatic blonde man in an orange and green scaled leotard, unitard, and you guys are singing under the sea. Can you guys take this seriously just for a minute, please? Thank you. Because everything's better down where it's wetter. Uh, so flash forward to the modern age. Um, 
That's where they had a couple weird changes. They kind of they they rewrote his story uh, once again. Arthur Curry, um, Arthur Curry was actually the lighthouse keeper, um, and um, he was an adoptive father to uh, a boy named Orin, um, who was fully Atlantean, um, and he was known as Aquaman. And this is actually where we got uh, the kind of revamped, um, revamped. Uh, view of Aquaman. This is where we got the long blonde hair. Uh, this is where we eventually get the uh, the harpoon hand, the hook, and then eventually the retractable hook, the arm shoulder gladiator armor, um, the unhinged brooding uh, Aquaman. Um, so that's the, the modern age is where uh, Kurt Busiak took over. Um, Kurt Busiak is for a lot of us, a very prolific writer and made a couple, a couple changes, dramatic hair flips, dingle hoppers. What's a dingle hopper? Um, so yeah, so we, that's when we got the, the awesome, I mean, some would say awesome, but basically darker, more serious Aquaman. Um, flashpoint came later on. This was, uh, in the nineties when they originally gave him the long hair and the harpoon. Um, and he was just angry. The super crazy unhinged Emperor Aquaman was in Flashpoint, which we'll talk about. Uh, then flash forward again a couple years, because um, now here's the problem with something called the modern age. Is once you're in the modern age, whether it's comics, television, archaeology, uh, when do you leave the modern age? When do you go into the postmodern age, which I is a stupid term because then we're just traveling in the future, I guess. So technically, we're all still in the modern age right now, I guess. But... Um, there was a very important comic book that uh, a lot of us were big fans of, and that was called Blackest Night. Now, Blackest Night, um, of course, centered around the the Lantern Corps. Uh, it came as uh, Jeff Johns wrote it. It came after the War of Lights, was where we introduced um, all these different uh, this different spectrum of emotions. Of the rings. You had the Green Lanterns. They were all about. Uh... Oh, my foot's falling asleep. Oh. Anyway, so you had all the different um, all the different lantern cores, and they were all coming together. Uh, and there was this prophecy, basically, where these black lanterns were going to uh, arrive. And the black lanterns, their emotion was death, which doesn't make any sense at all because it's really just a lack of everything, not really a lack of emotion. But uh, Blackest Night um, actually saw a uh, the kind of rebirth of Aquaman um, because Aquaman at that point had actually been gone for a little while. Um, the Aquaman we knew, the Arthur Curry uh, of the canon universe. Um, brightest day, uh, did follow blackest night, get it. Uh, and in brightest day, Aquaman was, uh, was resurrected. Um, and it kind of focused on him coming back into the world, uh, meeting Mara, uh, taking back over as the King of Atlantis following that. This is where it just kind of starts to get messy. Um, following, uh, Blackest Night, Brightest Day, which is uh, 2009, 2011. Then we got New 52 and Convergence, and then we got into the Rebirth in the DCU. Now, for those of you who don't read comics, they uh, they really like to to reboot more often than than anything else. Uh, they get bored with what they're doing. They uh, want to restart a storyline. They want to retcon a character. And DC um, became wonderfully awful at it. I mean, Marvel wasn't any better, uh, in the last like decade. Uh, so the new 52, um, relaunched kind of goes back to basics with Aquaman, uh, reestablishes, uh, who he is as a character, um, who, uh, 
you know, he, he goes back to short blonde hair, the, the clean orange and green, um, didn't have the, the harpoon anymore. Wasn't angry. Didn't have the, the beard or anything. Um, convergence. We then get the universe is all converging and then restarting once again, this is a couple years later. And then we get into what we are in today, which is rebirth and the DC universe. So, uh, rebirth is actually the first time that I've read, uh, a, an Aquaman comic for more than just a few you know, minutes. I I actually stuck with Aquaman for a while uh, in this most recent one, um, and it was actually really well done. So that's the brief history of Aquaman. That is seventy years that I just tried to boil down into fifteen to twenty minutes. Um, basically, what you need to know is, it, as far as the canon is concerned, um, the way they've restarted stuff and they've gone back the. The main stuff that's inspiring the movie, according to the director, is the New 52 run. Um, he basically saw that as uh, as a really uh, a solid way of um, showing off Aquaman. At least that's what he said in an interview. There's obviously tons of source material that he can pull from. But as it stands, uh, Aquaman is a human-Atlantean hybrid. Um sometimes rejects the throne, sometimes takes the throne uh, on again, off again with Mera. Uh, has a uh, trident, again, depending on which story you're in. Um, so we'll see um, how he actually gets transferred onto the screen. We've already seen a little bit. We know he has a trident. Uh, we know he likes to drink. We know he's basically just Jason Momoa in the films at this point. Like, I don't know what, what they're actually going to uh, go for that. Now, as far as what comic books you need to read... You, how can I put this lightly? There's like I said, there's there's seventy years of Aquaman that you could check out. There's also so many retcons that you could just pick up a good couple chunk volumes and be pretty solid with your Aquaman history. Um, it really depends how far back you want to go. Are you a uh, are you a diehard? You know, are you a diehard fan? Do you like older style of comics? Are you an 80s comic fan, 90s comics fan? Do you looking for a little more succinct story? Are you looking for something kind of out there? Um, there's something for everyone when it comes to Aquaman, which is something I never thought I'd say. Uh, the biggest thing to know is that um, Super Friends and the 70s really kind of brought Aquaman down. Um, and so they saw in the 80s and 90s a chance to bring him up uh, into this awesome uh, badass character again with the long hair and the and the harpoon. Um, so let me pull up my my references here and we'll talk about important Aquaman stories uh, that I think you should check out. Now, um, Brightest Day, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Brightest Day is still fairly new. I mean, it's 2009, so never mind. That's not that new. That's almost 10 years ago. Wow. Uh, so uh, Black as Night and Brightest Day were were pretty well. I mean, Black as Night was an amazing storyline. Brightest Day was kind of cool. Um, I didn't love it, but as far as Aquaman concerned, it's a really good Aquaman story. So, like I said, in uh, in Blackest Night, the uh, the main focus of the story um, was these Black Lanterns and Black Lanterns that the rings instead of choosing people who were worthy of whatever, it would pick up. It would basically resurrect people resurrect dead bodies or actually go into people who were resurrected and they were living at that point um so the way it got aquaman was actually a pretty 
messed up story that a lot of people kind of had forgotten about. I feel like like a lot of people I knew weren't aware of the story of why uh, Aquaman was actually dead. And it's because um, Arthur Curry, Aquaman, had given himself up to the gods of the sea uh, in order to uh, bring a, bring a city up from the, the depths of the ocean so that it could be uh, on the surface. Uh, and they turned him into the dweller in the depths and they basically removed his memories. So his actual memories, he thought it was a prophecy of the new Aquaman. Um, the, this, uh, this boy um, who took over the mantle of Aquaman and the, the, deller, the dweller in the depths gave him, uh, told him what he needed to do, told him all this prophecy stuff, but it was actually all about him. He ended up then being murdered and being buried on, uh, uh, on dry land, which really upset the Atlanteans. That's what set up. Um, Blackest Night, that's how he was resurrected and came back. And then in Brightest Day, uh, he was, along with other handful of heroes, he was resurrected, part of the White Lantern Corps, all good, all healthy, but not really, because it actually had um, some pretty pretty dark uh, moments where he, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He, oh yeah, he was, he was, I think he was fighting some pirates and he could not, um, he couldn't actually call up any animal, any sea animals to help. He could only call dead animals. Uh, and they were like zombified squids and krakens. And it was really actually kind of disturbing. Uh, and yes, Vance, this beard is getting intense. You should check out our sponsor, Beard Bomb Brush. Get it? So it's a really good uh, modern story. Um, it does kind of need a lot of background, though. I feel like it doesn't stand alone that well. Um, if you're looking for something that really stands alone when it comes to um, Aquaman stories, the current run of rebirth, really solid kind of back to basics, him facing off with ocean master, him facing off with black Manta, um, him taking the throne of Atlantis, giving up the throne of Atlantis. Uh, I've really enjoyed the story. Actually, the, the most recent arc that I think is, is ending soon. Uh, he kind of became like a vigilante, uh, a vigilante in Atlantis because a lot of people thought he was dead. Um, very relevant to uh, a current, um, political climate, which I think is good for comics. So get out of here if you don't. Um, but the rebirth and DCU stuff has been really good. Now, new 52, I don't, I don't love new 52. Um, I mean, new 52 Batman was really good. Uh, and a couple of the stories were not that bad, but I mean, again, the new 52 Aquaman kind of, again, went back to basics. Um, it's got well, it, you know, it's well received. So if you're looking again for some standalone uh, Aquaman content, um, new 52 or rebirth, either one. I mean, you can always buy the first volume and check it out uh, and see um, kind of how you're feeling about it. Um, <clears throat> now, the... Older comics, it's it's where it kind of gets. I was gonna say it kind of gets fishy, and I'm not going to, uh, but I might. It would kind of get a uh, kind of get fishy. So if you want to go back the the re the reimaginings of Aquaman, um, like the Sword of Atlantis and um, the Atlantis Chronicles, um, and then the uh, beginning beginning of tomorrow Aquaman from the 90s there was a lot of random little one-shot stories that that were well received they retold his story but I think part of the problem with Aquaman is everyone wants to change that uh 
no one wants to change that image that he got in the 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 Super Friends, um, him riding the dolphins and waving at all the people. Um, them at one point making his powers that he had to go back to the water at least was it, I it was either once a day or once an hour. It made him very very uh, very weak in a lot of people's opinions. And so people just, people love to mock Aquaman because there's like, Oh, what, you know, what can he do when he's not in water? Um, and speaking of good stories to check out, if you want to check out, uh, the flashpoint stories, which flashpoint, uh, one of the best DC stories ever, it's when, uh, the flash goes back in time to save his, uh, his mom. And it ends up causing this massive chain reaction, uh, which redoes, uh, a lot of things in the, in the world. Um, one of the things we get is we get Emperor Aquaman, which is when he's sick of the the surface and he's like, I'm going to invade it. And he invades it and they uh, he does battle with Wonder Woman and everyone's just mean and and it's pretty brutal. So if you check out uh, Empire Emperor Aquaman um, from Flashpoint, that was a lot of fun. I think it shows kind of what he can do if he was more of a Namor kind of character. Because if you think about it, Namor, the Savage Submariner and Aquaman, they're, the you know, Green Arrow and Hawkeye. Uh, Thanos and Darkseid, uh, you know, Superman and Sentry, like the way they kind of go back and forth and they're very similar power sets. Um, Aquaman, when he's angry, he can do some pretty messed up stuff. Uh, now Ruru, yes, Aquaman. Hey, haven't seen you by the way. Uh, Aquaman does no magic, but he's still lame. Yeah. That's the thing. So many people are trying to change the, the way they view Aquaman by making him, you know, brooding and dark with the armor and the, and the hook in the nineties. And it wasn't necessarily, uh, it didn't stick, you know, people are like, Oh, and go back to the clean cut, uh, Aquaman. Now here's, here's what I think should happen. Uh, and this is what I've always wanted to happen. Uh, I want Aquaman to be given over to like vertigo. Um, I want Aquaman to be given to like Garth Ennis, you know, Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, you know, the, um, Mark Millar towards the end of his, his run with DC. I want these, these people who are known for taking characters and just expanding what their power sets can do and looking at them from a deep, more psychotic way. Cause even, you know, even with the, you know, Vance, uh, Vidra just mentioned Aquaman was dope in the animated justice league. He was, but it's still like people just, they found ways of making fun of him. Um, and I feel like if you gave him over to, you know, one of those prolific dark writers, they could take in the, you know, they could say, Oh, the way Alan Moore took Swamp Thing and Mark Millar took Swamp Thing. And they're like, Oh yeah, Swamp Thing could do all these things with like greenery. Why couldn't he control the entire planet? If Aquaman controls the seven seas, which is the majority of the planet, why wouldn't he be able to do all these awful, you know, these awful and amazing things? You know, if he has the hydrokinesis, which again, depending on who's writing him, he doesn't have the hydrokinesis. He would be able to, to flood the entire world. You know, if he has control of all these animals in the sea, like there's just millions and billions and billions of, 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 of creatures in the sea, he'd be able to rule the planet. Uh, but no one's, I mean, people have here and there written him a little bit like that, but no one's ever given him his due, um, to really go all out and just own the world. And yes, I Jane, you robot, you're right. He is not a waterbender, but when he, in the universe, in the stories, the, the timelines where he has hydrokinesis, he would be an ocean bender at that point. And yes, sharpshooter, he could definitely drive up sushi prices. There's so many terrible things and amazing things he could do with his powers. Um, Aquaman one through four, um, 
which again was in the in the 90s is when they kind of redid gave him a blue costume it was uh how can i put this it was lame um the the again the kind of the problem with aquaman is is you have to kind of suspend your preconceived notions um because a lot of people immediately when they hear aquaman they think lame they think riding the dolphins they think like it if, if you look at his power sets again like no one thinks namor i mean some people might think namor's lame but namor is just so brutal in his uh use of his abilities to control the ocean and his control of an entire species uh people and species atlanteans um namor shows what you can do with those powers uh but as you can see in the chat room right now no one takes him seriously they would just see him you know driving up the price of salmon and tuna this is the problem with aquaman and i know they're trying to kind of redo that with uh with giving him uh giving him over to jason momoa and making him you know long hair and 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 tatted up and he drinks and and do all these things it's I don't know how well it's going to go over I me. Mean, I've, I've already kind of, I think it's been fun what they've done with him in the movies, but I've also kind of already been annoyed by it just cause it's, it's just Jason Momoa being Jason Momoa, which is cool. That's fine. But it's like, okay, like give me something besides him just having a good time and drinking and flipping around and being like, yeah, woo. Like, well, we'll have to see what happens. So, oh God, you guys have gotten weird with Ruru. Where are you going with this? Um, so yes, yeah, so, I mean that's pretty much that's Aquaman in in a nutshell. He's actually disappeared a lot from like the uh, the storytelling of DC. There's been huge stretches of time where he was either retired or he was uh, or he was dead at one point, or they just you know he kind of took a back seat. Um, so there's still a lot of history to the character. Like I said, seventy years. 70 years of, uh, of, of fish, fish justice is nothing to sneeze at. Um, if you're looking for what comics to read on, uh, Aquaman, there's always, you can always go to your local comic book store. Like we go to Empire's Comics Vault, 1120 Sweet uh, Fulton Avenue, Sweet K. You can check out Ben's always in there. You can ask him, Ben, what Aquaman comic should I read? And he'll give you a wonderful, uh, a wonderful dose, a wonderful smattering. Never be afraid to go in your local comic book store. I know a lot of people, uh, don't have the best experience in there because some employees are not great. Um, some customers are not great. Um, but yeah, there's always, uh, great, uh, options to check out in your local comic book store. So that's about it when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Aquaman, we'll, we'll see if the, the movie does well, like I said, getting good reviews, but I'm not sure, you know, I'm going I'm to reserve judgment until I see it. Um, but we will not be talking about it. The, uh, our sister podcast, the Dame patrol on the TCC network. Uh, they will be, uh, chatting about it briefly on one of their episodes. So that about wraps it up for this week's episode, uh, a little shorter than usual, but that's because it's just, it's just me all by my lonesome. Um, but that about does it for Aquaman 101. That is roughly some of the things allegedly that you need to know when it comes to the aquatic ace, the marine marvel, the dweller in the depths, Arthur Curry, aka Aquaman. So that's about going to wrap it up for this week's episode. So if you are looking for gifts 
for the holidays, Beard Bomb Brush. Always check out Beard Bomb Brush. They have beeswax, beard balm, beard oil. They make it into a brush. Critical dice. You can get some dice or some uh, D&D-related objects for your friends who play tabletop. Use the code CAPELESS. The other one, get 15% off. Go into Empire's Comics Vault. Uh, buy a toy for a toy drive. Help some kids out. Uh, and you can check out anything related to the Capeless Crusaders at thecapelesscrusaders.com. We have all of our older episodes. We have our D&D episodes. Uh, we have... Uh, the Dane Patrol, they're on there. they got on their episodes going. we got Crossover coming up this week, which is Manderson's uh, sports comic crossover show with his brother. And we have Sunday Coffee with the Azorian one. Uh, so, yes, that is about going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, my name is, of course, David Barry at DRBarry on varying social media platforms uh, i am not joined this evening by amy aka uh, i jane you robot uh the azorian one uh anthony steves uh son of mander aka manderson uh tom at tall dark not ugly on everything and the dame patrol themselves thanks for hanging out um i am going to not hit the outro music uh because i'm just gonna hang out with you guys but i'm gonna end the episode as far as the podcast is concerned Right there.